Today, we are going to take you on a journey, on a trip to another world, another dimension. You are now entering Bethany and Cassie's Twilight Zone. With everything that has happened in Act One, the Kennedy curse is so in your face that you're really like, well, what is happening here? And then with everything that's about to happen in Act Two, you just can't look away. You can't deny what deeper level mm-hmm. is there. There are too many things. That's why the Kennedy curse exists is because there enough people have gotten on board with the fact that there are too many freaking coincidences. We need to talk about the Kennedy siblings. Episode 10. Welcome to Blood and Business. I'm Bethany. And I'm Cassie. Favorite line from episode 10? What purpose would there be in having any more money? And that was not even a quote. It's a, we're quoting Cassie. (laughs) So Cassie and I were watching episode 10 to prep for this KFM. And it hit me in the middle of watching it. I paused it and I looked over at Cassie and I said, Cassie, not a single one of the Kennedy kids even attempted to make their own money. What in the world? Nine out of nine, which, I mean, if Kick getting married to Billy was an attempt at getting more money, then eight out of nine, but still. I don't think it was about money with Kick, though. I think it was more or with like Billy. Prestige. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was the label, the I agree. position. Nine out of nine children didn't even try to go into business that for themselves. That is conditioning. What? That is conditioning. It was just the entire their entire childhood. Their dad was telling them, I made the money. You're going to go out and use it. There's a parable in the Bible that portrays this rich man who in our society, you would deem as a wise person because he is a very responsible person. He seems like he's being a good steward and he saves up all of his resources and money and Jesus calls him a fool. And it's very interesting because it's like the opposite or it's like an upside down parable of what you would think would be the the responsible, wise thing to do. And I feel like that is what the Kennedys, they were like so countercultural, lived out. Yeah. They stored up all this money really, really, really fast and then spent it all as fast as they freaking could too. It's interesting to think that the morally better decision would be to spend it to use it your whole life you learn oh I need to save my money I need to be responsible I shouldn't spend it I shouldn't and obviously it's not spending it like on I mean the Kennedys didn't just party it all away. party it all away Gatsby it all away right there's a difference a huge difference but it's just I don't know how to explain it yeah it's like the whole sphere thing Where Uh the worst thing and the best thing are, like, right next to each other. Yeah. And you, I think, it. our human brains want to to believe that opposites are super far apart and they're really so freaking close. Yeah. They're, Uh, like, the same. They're two different sides of the same coin. They're not a diamond and a nickel, Uh you know? 
I don't really know how to describe that, but I know it's kind of an abstract thought. I can't even explain. That's probably why it's so hard to grasp and why it's so hard to live out. But spending money on meaningless, useless things could be the morally worst thing to do, but not spending your money and valuing it too much and saving it and storing it up is also yeah the worst thing so you're not supposed to do like the opposite of spending you're just supposed to spend it in a wise way spend it on others on an actual productive endeavor yeah but the kennedys i think are just so full of these moral it's- dilemmas because oh shoot they were so extreme and counter cultural in their way of thinking for so many reasons there's a quote in episode 11 when we talk about Jackie's experience with the Kennedys that is Bethany's favorite quote. And it's so, 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 so specifically accurate in this thought of, you know what? Nobody can freaking understand it except for the Kennedys. The Kennedys, yeah, were on a plane in and of themselves. Like they... It essentially says they were as self less and as generous as you could even like you couldn't even imagine and they were the most self-righteous people as well they were the most religious and divine minded people and they were the most cynical you could you could ever experience and it's just like everything within the kennedy family was a contradiction and it was an oxymoron yes and it didn't make sense it said that On paper, none of it makes sense, but the Kennedys operated on some higher plane, some higher field that only they could understand. And it's like they were all on the same page too, which is Mm -hmm. maybe one of the most bizarre things because I feel like there are a lot of people like this in history. Not a lot, but I mean, they stand out for a reason, but there are several occurrences of this type of person where they just get something. They have like this divine appointment that seems so out of the ordinary and it's like how do you understand that how did you learn that yeah they just make their mark on the world which brings up but hold on it's not that that this is like the most that the kennedys were so weird in that way that they had some divine calling some divine understanding it's that all 11 of them were on the exact same page and just, well, okay, 10 out of the 11. <laughs> Maybe 9 out that of the 11. going to be, I'm so sorry, but that's just going to be the running thing. And um, they were just so you on know, the same know. page. Yeah, they were so on the same page. And it's like they divided and conquered, yet mm-hmm. they were so united. And that, to me, is the most bizarre. Because you have these families, when you dig into them, because I've always been fascinated by family dynamics. And when you dig into these f- infamous people, most of them yeah. are not all on board. Most of the time, it's one person who's on board. With the Kennedys, there's so many of them that you would think that that it would be more diverse of a pot. And it's you not. Would, they were just like... Yeah, you would think that there would be different opinions or people would want to live their life in different ways and disagree on that. Yeah, how do they all agree? How are they all so... And it's not like they were just robots and they just did whatever their dad said. Like they all had their own ideas and their own thoughts and their own aspirations. And yet they were still all so gung-ho with this one mission and were all able to lead but also be led. Mm-hmm. If you That's s- a hard balance. Uh, it's interesting. I haven't really 
let myself think about the spiritual aspect of the Kennedys, but I don't know how actually spiritual the Kennedys were. I know how religious each of them were, but I don't really know how spiritual each of them were. I know that Rose and Joe Sr. both in very different ways were very spiritual, and I think that Joe Jr. was very spiritual as well. Okay. Like, Joe Sr. thought of things in a divine way, Mm -hmm. and he communicated with God, and when he needed something, when he wanted to accomplish something, that's where he went. Mm -hmm. Rose, it was like, that's where she lived. Yeah. Joe Jr., I think that he also saw that. Jack, I don't know. But I wonder, did Jack have some divine timer that he was born with where he, like, knew that he was going to live a short life? That he needed to run because he was going to get cut off. Was JFK divinely called and appointed for 46 years. For 46 years with a di- with an innate divine clock, in, an, in, an internal clock where he just knew to, to, to further the civil rights movement. I know that he like, he was always on death's store and people were always telling him, you're about to die. But it seemed like he had more of a sense than just that. It was like he was so confident and, like, wasn't worried about it until Kick died and he said, I don't think I'm going to live – I don't think I'm going to finish out this decade or whatever. Because he he didn't act like, okay, I don't have time to do anything. A lot of people act like that. Oh, I'm just going to have fun because I don't have time to accomplish anything. I'm about to die. that's what I'm trying to think about because with the knowledge that you may not have a very long life, you can – Take several different paths with that. Mm-hmm. The party hard. I only have a few years left. What can I even do with that? What can I even accomplish? Because several Why times. Why it working? When he was very young, he was told, you have a year. Mm-hmm. So why work on yourself? If that's what's telling you I don't have very long, then you would just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to have fun while I'm here. A Little Bit De Todo is a podcast about a little bit of everything for curious minds of all ages. I'm Christina, and you can tune in every weekday to learn about things like Cinco de Mayo, Chihuahuas, and volcanoes in Latin America. Episodes are bite-sized, 10 minutes long or less, and always Latin American related. Subscribe and follow A Little Bit De Todo podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I I don't know if it's like the chicken or the egg. Did he end up dying young because he like self-prophesied that over himself you know what I mean yeah there's that too it was a self-fulfilling prophecy and he lived a risky life so odds were that he wasn't going to live very long because he expected that and yeah he's almost like looking such. for those opportunities uh-huh. where he could get hurt he had a lot of risk-taking behavior But risky behavior that wasn't, like, life-threatening. Like, there's a bunch of mountain climbers and people who are actually physically laying their life on the line. The only thing he did like that was shoot meth (laughs) and uh, go fight in the war. 
But he didn't do anything else that was like really physically threatening. Yeah, that's true. But he also was like taking out the freaking mafia and hanging out with people who... Yeah, it's like he didn't live by this world's rules. He felt like he was so safe. Was he a normal person who had selfish ambitions, who took an opportunity to be awesome and powerful and the president and known and have fun? Or was he put in the family he was put in in 1917 to be on the earth for 46 years with an innate sense that he was going to have about that long to live. And he freaking knew I've got to run, but I've got enough time to complete my assignment and bust the doors down on civil rights before I'm taken out. It's just an interesting, it's just, I've never thought about JFK being a spiritual person. Probably because of his prom- promiscuity. What do you mean? Like, I just always thought, okay, everyone else in his family is religious and thinks about God and has faith and, like, cares about that. Definitely Bobby. Definitely Joe Jr. Definitely Joe Sr. Definitely Rose. Definitely Eunice. But JFK wasn't so Catholic. Right. He wasn't super religious, but everyone is a spiritual being. I don't understand. Spirit, but like uh, aware of that and like operating in that. There's a lot of people who don't really think about that. Like they are, they have souls, but they're not living their life in another world. Like I'm wondering if he wasn't looking at the earth from this perspective. Was he a hyper-realist and operated in this world more than anyone else in his family? Or did he view the world from some other perspective, from a higher plane, from a, a maybe a divine. I think everyone in the Kennedys operated on that level. I think even Kick, that's why it was such a choice. That why That's why it was such a debate within herself because they did weigh their decisions heavily. And I think that they understood. I think you're right. And I hadn't thought of it like that at all. But once you think of it like that, all of them made decisions from that viewpoint. And and that's why all the contradictions made more, like made sense to them because it doesn't make sense in the natural world. It doesn't make sense on paper. But like nothing in the spiritual world is as it appears. It isn't as it seems. And that's how the freaking Kennedys live their life. And that's why what you're saying with Kick was such a battle. Yeah. Yeah, it was like the two wolves inside of her. To me, the most extreme version of living on the planet and being a freaking robot is being comfortable and doing whatever like looks good, but doesn't really matter, staying very surface level, assuming that the world that you see is the world that you're living in. Whether that be you're only paying attention to your actual personal experience and you're not putting it in the greater context of history, of the, the planet, of the realms, or whether that be you're the center of your universe type of a thing. But it to me, it seems like the Kennedys made all of their decisions knowing that they could 
create insane lasting change for what mattered for the fight of good versus evil. Yet they were also nowhere near the most important being or thing in existence. And also this lifetime was not the end for them. Right. As if they didn't do anything to consume it, to serve themselves. Well, I mean, obviously they did a lot of things to serve themselves, but like the bigger picture, the strategic plan for their life wasn't based on that. Correct. It was definitely, which is why kick stands out so much. But I do think that they were so ends justify the means and kind of okay with breaking the rules, the moral rules that we have Mm -hmm. as a society in order to accomplish their greater purpose. Or I just cannot get there without there being some sort of divine appointment, whether they were aware of it or not, whether Mm -hmm. it was like controlling them. Right. And it was just this magnetic like pull to all accomplish this goal because that's what they were set out to do. Like that's why they were created or in a way mm -hmm. like if JFK was knit together with this special ability to fight against his illnesses day after day and his core desire was so aligned because that was given to him. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or if it was a conscious, this is as a, as a family, what we have decided is going to be our greater purpose. And we work hard to stay focused and to always be striving for it. Yeah. I feel like it's both because I think that that's the difference between JFK and kick. We're all given these innate talents and abilities that really are inexplicable. Like Kick and Jack, we're both given this charisma and ability to literally influence people. They were given that. They did not learn how to mesmerize people. It was almost to the point where it made no earthly sense. And people said that. Mm -hmm. They're like, I don't know what it was. She wasn't even very attractive, to be honest. Look at her face. Normal. Not that pretty. Like, yeah. av- very average. But I could not get away from her. I couldn't get her out of my freaking head. She just had something. And JFK had it as well. And they both both abused it, for sure. Uh-huh. Like many humans abuse their <laughs> strengths and their powers yeah. that they were given. But they didn't work for it. And Kick decided to use hers for herself, and Jack forced himself to use it for others. And himself. And himself. It was given to them, and that you can choose, they chose how to use it. I think Joe Sr. is the one who wielded the power the most and the most clearly because he literally bargains with God. Like, he... I know. Isn't that insane? Okay. I that, think no, no, no. He, wait. You have to freaking talk about that. I never gave that story two thoughts. I was just like, okay, yeah, he was a desperate man and he prayed like we all do. Dude, what in the crud? Like, what if JFK really was about to die and he changed fate? 
No. <gasps> what if he's no, literally, the reason that Joe Jr. <gasps> like Joe Sr. straight up bargained with God and gave half of his money to the poor in exchange for Jack's life. Just think about if you heard that as like a little fable when you were a kid or like this story about, oh, he danced with the devil. Like if you even entertain the idea that that stuff could be real, then that freaking was real. In two seconds, I can get there. That, yeah, JFK's life was divinely appointed and protected. Look at what all he freaking lived through, somehow unscathed. And it also kind of makes sense that God would favor them because of what they were going to accomplish for others. The fact that like the pact that Joe made with God supposedly was giving a bunch of money to the poor and taking care of orphans and widows, technically, quote unquote. And then that the Special Olympics was going to come out of that family and out of JFK being president and civil rights were going to move forward out of him being president. It's not like, oh, he was divinely appointed to do absolutely nothing but be the wolf of Wall Street. You know what I mean? Right. It's just really interesting. Yeah. And if you think about racism being one of the most evil, anti-human, anti-love mm-hmm. things that could exist. And that's what JFK was out to dismantle and attack. Yeah. It's like if you think if you think about it like a sp- spiritual battle, like spiritual warfare, good versus evil, mm-hmm. angels versus demons. Mm -hmm. pretty freaking eerie yeah but I also sort of wonder too back with the whole ends justify the means struggle that I have because when when we're talking about okay good versus evil if there is this spiritual war waging around JFK and civil rights Mm -hmm. during this time JFK gets taken out and, and assassinated. ML- and MLK gets taken out. And Bobby gets taken out. And Malcolm X gets taken out. The list goes on. Then evil is winning. But I do think that those legacies and that time oh, yeah. period lives on. Absolutely. Because probably, of how they got taken out. Yep. Or because of the, the level end. of crisis. The level of chaos, the level of crisis, and how much chaos ensued in such a short amount of time Uh and impacted so many people. The people who lived to tell the tale, the only reason they bothered telling the tale was because it impacted them so severely and it was such a shock and it was such a thing. And maybe the good people have to be motivated to vote and take action and to freaking... To, to have their eyes opened to see what type of battle it actually was. It's like they needed to bring the spiritual ba- battle into the physical world, like physically manifest it so that people would be more aware mm-hmm. of the silent hate and the, the and spiritual it's, warfare. It's not that God struck Jack down for the no. cause, but like obviously if someone's doing something in a very big impactful way for the spiritual good, then whoever's on the other side of that is going to want to freaking take them out. Yes, exactly. 
And you can look at that on several different levels because on a physical level, yeah, Jack was the good trying to right the wrongs and the person who assassinated Jack was the evil that was making more chaos ensue Mm -hmm. and causing more division, more hate, more violence, more pain, more hurt, Mm -hmm. more destruction. It was playing out in a physical way, but I believe that everything is spiritual and everything has meaning and there's no coincidences. And were the Kennedys freaking cursed? Were they? You know what? Was there a, <laughs> was there a freaking attack on the Kennedys? Yeah, probably. Because how in the crud do you explain it? Oh, it was just all random occurrences. They were just risk takers. They brought it upon themselves. They thought that they were invincible. Well, no, they didn't because they were getting taken out at the freaking yeah, beginning of time. Very early. Yeah. In Act 1. I mean, Act 1, the entire thing. They hadn't even done anything They're yet. They're down Three people. They hadn't even done anything yet. They hadn't put themselves out there. They at hadn't all. put themselves out there. They hadn't even accomplished anything for the quote unquote good of the world. Like it's like someone, something knew what they were going to do, and they were trying to stop them. Mm-hmm. Even Rosemary, with the bigger picture, bigger context. But it's like God. And I don't takes- know how it really works. Yeah, I don't I don't exactly understand it. And Cassie and I are doing a lot like a really our family is very nerdy. So every Saturday as like a family activity, we like do deep dives into the Kennedys on our time and then <laughs> on the Bible and dissecting that history and trying to understand open our minds really yeah. like figure out and discover. So I don't really understand. We're trying to figure out right now what that means because the Kennedys have brought it up a lot in our lives as well as like, okay, maybe what we, what society says is right is not right. And being kind is not really, maybe everything that we believe is is flipped upside down and we're so confused and. Like padding your retirement account might not be really the the best, best, most respectful decision. Or being using wisdom and playing it safe is actually not the right way to live when it feels like only rebellious, self-centered people who live frivolous lives would go out there and take all these risks. Maybe risk-taking is the way to live because then you're... You're not taking risks. You're not accomplishing accomplishing anything. anything. If you're not making enemies, you don't really stand for anything. And we're analyzing all of these people, which is literally why we started the podcast in the first place. I wanted to research people who were su- super successful. But not in a, in a business right way. In a, they changed. In, impact influence way. Yeah, in an impact influence way. And the Kennedys have just made us reanalyze all of that. What is good? How should you spend your time? How should you live your life? Mm-hmm. Because- There are so many things the Kennedys did that it's like, were they good or were they bad? We've come back to this in every freaking KFM. Was Joe Jr. a good dad? Was he not? Was he a good person or was he a narcissist? And having to battle that has carried over into our personal lives. What should you be afraid of? You know? And why are you here? Like, are you afraid of 
looking like a narcissist or are you afraid of going to your grave being a nice, kind person and it not really matter that you ever freaking lived on the earth? Yeah, that no one who knew you had a problem with you, but you also didn't really impact anyone. Do you live in the fear of man or the fear of the divine? And I think the Rosemary episodes especially brought that to our attention because Joe and Rose were living on such a higher plane and with such a better view of themselves, of the world. Like we live on Earth. Yeah. The Kennedys live in the Twilight Zone. Yes. But they didn't even really bother correcting everyone's lies. Yeah. It's like about their family. They could see something that we couldn't. Yeah. They know something that we don't. Yes. They just flew above the rest of us. And so when they saw problems or things that we like to make problems and spend time, money, energy on, they just saw it as like not even worth their while. When you have Kennedy glasses on, you see the world in a completely different light. And it almost is a filter that blurs out everything that doesn't actually matter, that we're all so stressed and anxious Mm -hmm. and worried about. And allows you to focus on the things. It's like the rocking chair test. At the end of your life, what are you going to actually care about? And is it Kennedy glasses or are they just divine glasses? All of the stiffer kings say, this is why the Kennedys have disrupted our lives (laughs) (laughs) and made us go on this whole spiritual quest. And a lot of other things have happened in our personal lives as well. But yeah, it just made us question. I feel like we cannot be the only ones that are so existential and so curious about what actually matters and why we're actually here. And when you dissect these lives that like we all have the same hours in a day as Beyonce or whatever the crud that quote is. Right. Mm -hmm. So why in the world do some people have some divine plugin, some divine calling, some divine download source yeah where they are just able to accomplish it's like they're literally on hyperspeed yes like they are literally on hyperspeed just like every move they are not functioning is like the exact right one that is going to make a huge impact and i'm over here (laughs) trying to pick out what you're gonna wear today and i don't know it's just like i am on a different track (laughs) yes and and can you choose that track like can you yeah can you just decide to engage can you decide to just plug in one day and say okay never mind I'm not going to be another freaking robot that just gives it because Jack said it and I don't even know if we have this quote in any of the episodes yet but we talked about it early on in our Kennedy discussions when Jack was young and he was I think he had first graduated either college or high school. He was starting to figure out what made a person, what made an adult or what made a person successful. And he figured out that nobody had any idea what the yeah. crowd was happening. That was episode five, I think. That, because he that just ho- realized, okay, these people don't have some intelligence that I don't have access to, some like talent that I don't, they just go out and do. So can you choose that? Can you just decide well, I'm important too and I have something to say and I have something to accomplish and do and go do it. Or are we in some kind of simulation? Are they keeping your heads in jars? Should I be concerned about the water? <laughs> like, what's yeah, going it's like on Once here? you get a glimpse of what's possible, it's like you have that split second decision to 
keep going with the grain, keep going with what's appropriate or what's expected or to pick. You know what's weird? Because I think that you can kind of tell who knows what you know. The first person I'm thinking of is Katy Perry. Like, I feel like she she knows. She thinks of the world like that and sees the world like that. And she has several songs that are like, um, well, she has, I don't know, she has a freaking million. I can freaking reference a million of them. But it's like, uh, who am I living for? Mm -hmm. That song. She also has, heavy is the head who wears the crown. Don't let the greatness get you down. Well, and then then the flip side is like Taylor Swift. I don't think she sees it. I don't think she like operates on that plane. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can see like Lana has a song that's like, I think you know the secrets that I do. I think you know God like I do. I think you know people like I do. I think you understand. Like, there's certain people who you know just Access have that, that deeper extra level. Extra level. But, it's not of, that they, but do they have it? It's That's not intelligence. It's understanding. Yes. Like, it's a different. Did vision. you learn it or did you understand it? Yes. Yes. Like, you can know without knowing. Uh huh. With Taylor Swift, no. She knows about God. Yeah, she knows that there are angels and demons. She good versus evil. She, does, she, doesn't, she doesn't know. <laughs> she doesn't operate in that. But realm. what is the correlation? Like the Isn't that weird? You can tell. The like researcher in people. me wants to know the correlation. Because it, yeah, are you just given these divine moments where this the uh-huh. The fog like lifts from your eyes. You're, it's and you're a just, gra- it's a moment of grace. Where a moment you're of grace able where you're able to, to see. see. Yeah. You're see, given. feel, and know for a moment. The ability. Where the stars align for you. Your head, your gut, your spirit is able to see clearly. Or do we all have access to that all the time? And it takes like pain to wake you up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and are we. Are you called. Was Taylor? Did Taylor Swift deny the the assignment, or was she not called? Did she ignore the call, or can she not hear it? Yeah, it's like the Polar Express. Yeah, Jingle Bell. <laughs> it's like, can you hear the? And can you choose to hear it? Can you choose to just have faith and believe, like you could in the in the Polar Express? Right? Yeah. Can't you just in the Polar Express? You can choose. Well, the little boy at the beginning, he like can't hear it. And then he goes on this journey. He doesn't really like he does choose to follow to run after the train and to hop on it. But he doesn't believe until after he gets back because he's like seeing Santa at that point. Dude. And like who wrote the Polar Express? Because somebody knows something. <laughs> somebody knows something that we know. But yeah. And, and I think that in different points in history, it's been easier in the flesh to see that we're all just butt models. But <laughs> well, if you're gonna say that, you have to explain it. I still don't get it, but but it's like the Native Americans, it. like they have this. Inner oh, they knowing. knew. They, they knew. knew that there are spirits. That it's not just us. Mm-hmm. That there is something going on. That the wind tell, tells that you tales. You can't see, but you can feel, and then and you can see, and you yeah. There <laughs> is a greater context. There is a greater. A greater calling, a greater—I don't know. It's like our our physical is so limited, but the spiritual within the physical is infinite. So the times when that all lines up is so yeah, and it's minuscule, 
But if you, I think that what it is, it, what it boils down to is that you can choose to grab a hold of those little moments. I think that everyone has those little moments. Okay. And you can choose to grab a hold of it. And so did you chase the you train have. or not? Yeah. Were you willing to lay your pride down and chase the train? Or did you just say, that's delusional? Yeah. Or did your pride get in the way, your ego get in the way, and you didn't want to be chasing an invisible, you didn't want to be seen chasing an invisible train. Which is the one thing that the Kennedys never freaking did. They were so okay, looking so insane (laughs) all the time, but they believed it in their innermost being that it sold it so well that everyone around them, like, could they just knew. They know something that I don't know. Mm-hmm. They are on some sort of level. Even people sort of who thing. didn't know about the train. They didn't see the train. They knew. There's clearly something that you are seeing, that you are chasing. That you have. That I, some source that you, of energy. Something's going on there. It's very, very obvious. Life speeded up, okay, with the Kennedy. That's just That crazy. is just what Whenever it was. Whenever you that think is like about the, all these quotes in this context... It, it just goes like it, all of it expands and it all starts to line up and make sense instead of being like this. Wow, that's like so mysterious. It's such a crazy random happening. It's like, no, it's not freaking red string theory. OK, everything iceberg theory is connected. There's always more to the story. There are no coincidences. It These is things so don't eerie. just randomly fall from the sky. And that's why with the whole. I think that we cut this out of the Lincoln thing, but in the Lincoln conspiracy in KFM one, I was saying is like, there's, I think that we left in a little bit of this, but it's like, okay, you have the timeline string, right? And that just is a horizontal. Oh, that's so freaking weird. (laughs) But there's all, all of the space above and below that horizontal line that we can't see. And I feel like, with all the coincidences there, there has to be some sort of of spiritual connection or underlying curse, yeah, warfare happening there that either like the same demonic force that was after Lincoln grabbed a hold of freaking JFK and did the same thing there. The dates line up, the assassins line up, the, the names, names line, line up, up, the letters line up, the, the cause, the moral causes like, line up. It's basically the exact same moment in history repeated. Exactly. It's like the same, per- the same. So I feel like you can either attribute that to like and simulation if- and there's, we're all in some in sick joke Truman show. Or reincarnation. Or spiritual war. Or spiritual war. Those are your options. But something is happening. But I, I can't tell, yeah, if the correlation, because yeah, the researcher in me is so wanting to see, okay, correlation doesn't equal causation, but like, is there something there? Correlation doesn't equal causation, but correlation in and of itself is telling you something. You know? Yeah, it, it's saying something, that's for sure. Now thinking of the Kennedys in this context, I want you to revisit the KFM 2 conspiracy. Do you know what the KFM 2 conspiracy was, Cassie? Is JFK gay? 
No, that wasn't the conspiracy. Well, that was yeah, it one was. That was one of them. But I thought that the that also a conspiracy in that episode. Yeah, I know it was. Was did JFK because he was named John John Fitzgerald take Joe Junior's firstborn fate that Honey Fitz had prayed for or manifested, and because Joe Junior wasn't named John John Fitzgerald and. Honey Fitz had been praying or manifesting. manifesting for this grandson of his that was going to be named John Fitzgerald. Joe Jr., the firstborn, didn't get it like Honey Fitz was thinking that the one who was named John Fitzgerald, who was the secondborn, got it. Right. I don't know if... Like, what is that? Honey Fitz speaking it into existence over this name and obviously words are powerful manifesting works doesn't work I don't freaking know I remember saying in episode two or was it in the was it in season one what's the thought that I'll tell you there is a recording of me saying that manifesting doesn't exist maybe it's in the Kardashians no I think it's in the or maybe it's in both but I say oh manifesting is like not a real thing you just focus on what you want and Mm -hmm. Therefore, you're motivated and it's your goal and you're more likely to accomplish it because... Maybe it was the Kardashians. You like set out to do it. Yeah. Anyways. Well, now I don't even believe that. We also... Agree. We also said... I think it was Cassie that said, you don't believe in coincidences, but applying that to the Kennedys is like too insane to think about. Right. If coincidences don't exist. I've always said I don't believe in coincidences. Yeah. And then we also said... I think this was on Instagram that we didn't believe in like the Kennedy curse, that it was an, like an actual curse. And now I freaking think it was. Now I know. Everything that I thought I knew, I know, don't know. You know what's interesting about that? We know this. I listened to a lot of true crime podcasts and then I got paranoid and then I stopped <laughs> and then I made blood and business. But you're able to see if your theory is correct about who did what in your investigation when the further you zoom in, the magnifying gla- glass gets closer. Everything starts to make more sense and fit together even more tightly and exactly. And you're like, you get closer. You're not having to omit anything because it doesn't Yes, fit. you get yeah. closer. And the closer you get, the more sense it makes. Unless you're wrong, the closer you get, the less your theory makes sense. That's how you can freaking tell if you're on the right track. The more you find out, it will push you one way or the other. Correct. When you stick the Kennedys under a microscope, the only thing that freaking makes sense and makes more and more sense is the spiritual aspect. And it makes less and less sense that all of this was just randomly thrown at Happen the wall. Happenstance, yeah. Well, any I feel like investigating anything gets you there. And I think that's where the choice is to either say that the hyperfixation is just telling you that and you're like imagining it in a way, all of the red strings mm-hmm. yeah, and the connections mm-hmm. and you're seeing it because you're choosing to see it. Or you can accept the fact that the reality is that those red cars were there all along and you buying a red car just allowed you mental space to become aware of all the red cars. Do you know what I'm saying? It gave you access to that. 
to seeing that, even though the red cars were there the whole time. Tune in next week to hear all about the most glamorous first lady America has ever known. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please give us a review on Apple, rate us on Spotify, and share Blood and Business with a friend or a sibling. If you'd like to support the show, the best way is to become a patron of Blood and Business. You will get bonus content every month, including a monthly bonus episode, interactive main episodes, and behind-the-scenes footage. To keep up with us day-to-day, you can follow us at Blood and Business on Instagram and TikTok. You can find the link for Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon in the show notes below. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you back here next week for your regularly scheduled programming on Blood and Business. Well, to be honest, I really didn't think we were going to go here. (laughs) Maybe that's why literally KFM 10 has been the most impossible episode we've ever tried to get our hands on. Like, the amount of times that we have refilmed, scrapped, trashed, moved it. I'm. We've never tried this hard to get a, a single episode ever. The real-time investigation discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hear it. Is <laughs> happening before your eyes. So we need to have a disclaimer at the bottom of is not liable for anything said. Literally. Because subject to change. But Cassie's husband always gets mad at us because we are way too serious. And nothing is, nothing can just be casual and whatever. (laughs) Nothing can just be. Everything has to be five levels deeper than anyone ever wanted it to be. (laughs) He would say hyper existential or hyper spiritual. And we've always been this way. A lot of it we get from our dad. A lot of it, I think we were just born with this emo existential kid inside of us where we're just, I take everything too seriously and everything is like this heavy (laughs) burden and if it's not painful, if it's not painful, then it doesn't matter. And to Cassie, everything is If it's not painful, it's not right. That's yeah. the thing. And Cassie is always looking to like leave her mark. Perpetually looking at the sky. I'm looking at the grave. Cassie's looking at the stars. <laughs> That's what it is. That is exactly it. Because we, it's both, both of us have the end in mind. But you are just now seeing our, our full selves. And I'm eagerly awaiting people's responses. I want to see what people think. <laughs>